Hello! Welcome to Waiting for Game, podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gimme That Weed, and this week we have a, uh, oh my god, is it a uh, super major episode, I think we're calling it? I personally call it a major episode, but you know, a, uh, well, you can call it whatever you want these days, apparently. Um, but we've got a big episode in front of us, and uh, to talk about what we have, we, we brought on someone who we think is just going to be perfect for the episode. Probably... Um, one of the most uh, intelligent, one of the most thought-provoking content creators out there. Um, of course, I'm talking to about my good friend, Edwin Budding. How's it going, Edwin? It's going great, man. I had a great weekend. I'm ha- ready to have a great week. Um, just, we, we got a lot in Melee coming up. We, we got some fun events that happened last weekend, too. And I'm really excited to not just talk to you, but also talk to our guest this week. And the gracious man who's housing me this Wednesday night. Uh, Radar, it's so wonderful to have you on the show again. I'm super excited to talk uh, about Melee with you, to break down this event, everything that's going on with it. Talk about last weekend, too. How you been, Radar? How you feeling? Yes, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's funny even you say Wednesday. It's like literally tomorrow. <laughs> it's like this is this is a contractual agreement. I get one podcast episode and you get one bed. Uh, Wait, what, so... I didn't get anything out of this. Come on. I know. It's, it's messed up. It's messed up. You got your little funny dig at the beginning, though, so it all works out. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I... <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I agree with that, and it's going to be a very fun episode. we got a lot to talk about. we got Battle of BC, obviously, is going to be the main thing. Probably, you know, if you're talking about tournaments, this is probably the largest one in terms of top-level talent since Collision. You know, maybe you could even make the argument that this is the biggest since Genesis, um, and there's obviously a lot of reasons as to why. But before we get into that, let's also talk about something with a kind of dubious uh, <laughs> title of a major. Uh, let's talk about what happened this past weekend at Low Tide City in uh, Texas. So, so this is the, I believe this is the third year that they've run this specific LTC. Not the other LTC, and definitely not the other other LTC. Um, and it's always had a bit of a, like a larger, um, you know, like cultural moment than it maybe has actual tournaments. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is. For all intents and purposes, a an event that um, had multiple people who could, could be considered in the top ten, and I think the interesting thing is that at the end of it, neither of them were the ones who won, and we saw a uh, someone who hasn't won a tournament as of at at this level basically with Salt winning um, her first like big regional you know micro major whatever whatever we're calling these nowadays. Raider, I don't know. Did you get to catch any low tide this past weekend? I actually didn't. Um, this past weekend, we had a lot of family stuff. Uh, so unfortunately, I haven't had that much time. Uh, Any birthdays? Was... Pardon? Any birthdays? Two birthdays. Uh, wow. So, and, and a friend visiting from out there of town. Two birthdays. So, so we had just like, we just had a lot going on. So I actually wasn't able to watch any of it. I did hear that Salt won. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't an event that I was totally caught up on. Edwin? Edwin, Radar had two birthdays on his end. How many did you have this weekend? Oh, I, I had about I had about two this weekend also. Uh, just two di- two two people I knew. That, yeah, that yeah. two people I knew had a birthday this weekend. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, yeah, I'm works. one year older. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know if you changed your age this past weekend, Edwin. 
Oh, oh, that's really funny. Uh, I changed my age also. I, I was I was one year older as well. Also, the most <laughs> I guess alien, I am every year. <laughs> the most alien way to say <laughs> you yeah. had a birthday. I changed my age. Yes, I changed my age as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I set you up for that. I don't think I know how to talk today, which is fine. Um, yeah, did you? Uh, I know that you have birthday festivities going on. Um, and uh, you know, I know that you were you were out and about. You're eating cake. You're you're doing all that. But I don't know. Did you get a chance to see any of Low Tide? Yeah, I did. And uh, I have one thing to say for the whole weekend. Okay, and this is my this is my big takeaway. All right, I'm gonna build it up with something. Salt has been one of the most fun players to see rise in the, over the last two years. You talk to any played her. You talk. You watch her play, and it's it's so clear that all the talent and all the potential is there, right? Last year, when I wrote a column on the best free agents in Melee, I split it up into different categories. And one of the things I said with Salt was that if an organization wanted to invest in a player that may not be top 10 right now, but in a year and a half could barrel their way into that conversation and suddenly become at the fore, suddenly enter the four from the scene salt was a good long-term investment in terms of it, it's like in, in in sports if you if you get someone that can be a superstar the best way to get them is to get them right before they become a superstar but on a rookie contract or, or on a value deal right and i think i think as of lately we're seeing salt like kind of reach this really exciting stratosphere of play right so a ton of her old weaknesses that she used to have as a player like like fox used to be a really big problem matchup you know, she won Bemi over Billy Bo Peep. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good way to address that. That's a pretty good, uh, you know, measurable result to show that she she's worked on one element of her game. And now I I just want to say beating Axe twice in a year is one thing, mm -hmm. but beating Lod four times in a row. Who beats Lod four times in a row in the same weekend? Has has Zane done that? I'm sure I'm sure he has at some point. But 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 you know, like how many people could say that they beat Lod? Four times in a row, she did that, and and Law. This is this is not someone like oh, you know, a Marth player beat beat a Fox player four times in a row. Big whoop. This is like Law is about as consistent as you can get. If you can mm -hmm. if you can beat Law, that says a lot about you as a as a player. So for Salt to do that four times in a row, I mean that in the same weekend, that's incredible. I think it's absolutely a, a testament to. Um, where Salt is right now and sort of where we saw her moving forward at, at least a year and a half ago. So yeah, I think I think this is an incredible weekend for her. She she won both the pre-local and low tide city without dropping a set, beating Axe a second time in a year. If if Salt is not top ten already, I think she's she's in that group of player that players that's slowly challenging that that group of like Laud, Axe, Kadoran. You know, Slug was in that group la last year. I would say, say as well. So mm -hmm. I, I think for sure this is a very promising sign for Saul. I think she, she has to be the biggest winner of the of the last weekend. She's working her way into the seated above Mango at Battle of BC tier with with like Axe and Aklo and all and players. Yeah, like I that. don't know. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm not one to to talk down on on seaters. Maybe it may make for some exciting matches. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, um, radar, I don't I don't know if um, you know you said that you weren't able to see, but I want your opinion on this. You know that you know the results, right? You know, Salt has two axe wins. Salt has two Lod wins at major at a larger offense. Oh my god, what did I just call it? <laughs> oh my god, did I just call him low tide a major? Um, and, and of course, there's two wins at the local. Let me hear it. Is Salt the best Falcon player in melee right now? Let me hear it, Radar. 
a good question. I mean, so uh, of the of the competing Falcons right now, like it'd be SUJ, Salt, uh, Wizrobe, and who else is? Am I forgetting someone like that's active like right now? None. None. Oh yeah, of course none. Yeah. So, of those, I feel like I haven't seen that much from SUJ on like a a national level uh, lately. I mean, I'm looking at the seating right now for Battle of BC. Um, we've got SUJ seated 13th. Above SUJ is Sunsei, Kadoran, Mango. Um, so does Salt feel like in the same tier as Sunsei, Kadoran, and Mango, of course, but like Aklo, you know, those kind of players? I don't feel like that's the case. I mean, I think an Axwin is very big. Um, I think a Lodwin is very big. But it doesn't really feel like she's. I don't want to say that I don't like I value like longevity because it's like that's not the only thing. Like it's not like, you know, you can fall off and be someone who's been around for a while. But I I just feel like I want to see Salt hit that consistency, hit that like you know start to get, rack up more wins, continue being the people that she's beaten for that to be the case. So that's a very long-winded answer, but I guess the answer is no. I feel like people like S2J and certainly I would say. Wizrobe is a hard person to evaluate, but it's probably no, not yet. How about this? I think this is a this is a question where you can look at it from a couple, couple different angles, right? You know, um, let's talk about some of the salt results, some of the results that Salt's had this year, and uh, let me let me see if that changes your mind as to whether or not she's been the best performing Falcon. Mm. Think you know, a lot of times you say, "Is this person the best blank?" Um, you kind of think of what might happen in the future. And I think when you talk about Falcon right now, you are talking about one person who is just beginning her ascent. And yeah. you're talking about three people who have been so good for so long and are in a period of, where it's kind of a lull. So, mm-hmm. so let's talk about whether or not these results might, you know, um, indicate someone who's the best of their character and maybe even indicates... I think Edwin's smoking a little bit when he talks about a top 10, but I, I think that look at the results and see how we feel about this because the ad, after a win at low tide definitely shakes up what we perceive this top 15, top 20 level. Um, so yeah, Genesis is win over Axe, win over Frenzy, losses to Plup and Spark. Uh, we've got a lot of like, you know, Bobby Big Balls regionals and stuff like that. Um, she obviously won Bemi beating Billy Bo Peep, Toussaint, um, lost to Shroom and Billy in um, pools and in winner's bracket, respectively. Um, more Bobby Pig Balls tournaments. We see a Fat Goku win at Major Upset. Uh, lost to Another loss to Spark. Lost to Kadoran. Um, Smash Camp, I think, really begins this ascent that we've seen with Low Tide, uh, where it's a win over Meds, 3-0. It's a 3-0 over Polish. It's a win over Spark to kind of make up for those, uh, those two losses and double eliminated by Fiction. And then we finally get to Low Tide, which um, was, I believe it's a win over Axe. It's two wins over Lod. I forget. Um, I'm trying. I'm blanking on who came before that. Uh, but Probably how does Wevins, that... I think. Wevins, okay, yeah. How does that, uh, that match up? That might have been pre-local, I forget. Yeah, it's... How does that match up to your mental model of what a player like Kudorador, a player like Aklo, players who are kind of knocking on the on the door of the top 10 but maybe not necessarily top 10 how does that match up with uh with what you think about those players radar yeah i feel like those other players have better wins 
um, or just seem like they have have more like you know like what, what you, even when you kind of pitch like this is the streak in recent kind of tournaments like low tide it's starting to starting to sound like oh okay hey maybe maybe this is kind of going somewhere good but early on it felt like some of the people you were mentioning feel like yeah okay like you know that's like a good win here a good win there but i feel like like aklo has good wins here and there and then also has some like higher wins um so i don't know well let me throw this to edwin edwin does radar hate women <laughs> yes uh i'm getting so, the feeling that he does <laughs> so i so i think to to sort of wrap this up with the the bow i don't know why am i doing this this is not a bow um yeah i, I think as you far as bad birthday presents i i think in terms of accomplishments in like an annual resume i think salt's resume for 2023 alone compared to the other falcons is the best i also think that she is the newcomer to to performing in a you know at a quality within the few events that she's gone to this year that establish her as trending in that direction. Do I think that this will hold above Nun or Johnny or even Wizro whenever he comes back? It's hard to say, but I think she has earned the benefit of the doubt in my mind to be in that, you know, in the lower half of the top 20, 25 conversation if we're talking about where she stands right now. And I think she she's shown a remarkable ability to compete with members of this group this group of players and consistently take sets. What I want to see from Salt after this, if to really solidify an actual you know shot at contending for top ten and not just consistently taking sets from that group, is to close out sets against the best players in the world. And one of the things with Salt that we saw last year is that even when she was a bit more you know raw of a smash prospect if you to just put it in a and i guess a quick quick way what i would like to see her do is start closing these game five sets against zane leffen uh you know wizro likes of those kinds of players now can she do that she was able to take it close when she was merely a top 50 player but is this new and improved salt going to be a threat to the top level i'm really excited to see it see that moving forward uh, here's what I'll say about Salt, is that I think that it is a little bit early to coordinate her as um, the new best Falcon, uh, just because there's so much that can change. I think you're right. By results, if if everything stopped right now, uh, if, if the big meteor took out everyone except for me and I still had to do a ranking contractually, <laughs> um, I think she would be the highest ranking. But, you know, you're right. I think uh, we need to see some of the some of the the big wins that these other players have established that being said a lot of these players outside of Wizrobe, um usually establish their big win big wins um i don't want to say few and far between but like over a large part of their illustrious career and she is getting a lot of wins in a pretty small period of time um so i'm not sure i'm willing to say that she is going to be the best falcon uh, at, or at any given tournament she is uh, going to be the highest placing falcon but I, I think you know you have to look at the results. And one thing I will say, um, I think you're you got to move it up. You said lower end top twenty five. I really think that just by what we've seen this year, which is of course a shortened season because we're not like what we're a couple months into it and a couple months of like 
one super major and two capped majors. Um, she has displayed results that I think are similar to the people that we put probably just outside the top 10. I'm not sure if I would definitively say that like Laud has had better results, even though I think that um, he's a player who like I think of as better would seed higher um, stuff like that. I, I think that it's just like pure results. I think she is in that category and it's really interesting to see. I hope she keeps it up and um, yeah, go on. All of us have to give a number to salt right now. Off vibes. Let's go for the year. Off of what? Off of vibes. Vibes. Okay. Nineteen. Eighteen. Seventeen. Fuck. Like I think top twenty is reasonable, and I think the weird thing about like you guys know this even better than I do is like just because you are number six and there's a number five does not mean you are like one point better than them. You might be like quite a bit better or quite a bit worse. So like to me, there's a pretty big jump between say nineteen and ten. You know, like or whatever you want to call it. So I think, but I agree with Wheat that like 25 is too conservative. Um, Especially like, yeah, like if we're just looking at it, like these are the results, this is what we're seeing. I think definitely top 20 is reasonable. I think we also agree that I respect women the most out of us. I No, I actually, I think that's super up in the air and we might have to uh, devote an entire episode to figure that one out. We might just have to make a couple twit longers about it, you know, so. I would... I would, you know, maybe we, we let the fans vote in the comments. Who gotcha. respects women more? Was it respect your word? Yeah, respect. It was respect, Okay, yeah. Respect, okay. Uh, well, let's have people sound off. But yeah, no, I, I think that it. what's lost in all this discussion, this kind of like, kind of bookish discussion of whether or not she's better than other people, is just how exciting this is, right? You know, she was one of the most exciting players um, in the online era. And then developed into a player that was like able to be flashy and still be good uh and not only that but was then you know further developed in 2022 into a player that was not only good but very very good uh and has a you know become a player that doesn't seem like she's going to be stopping anytime soon the, the style that she has not only is extremely fun to watch but it, it seems like it's something that i would say would be working in the future um i like struggle to watch her play and say like oh it'll end soon this this like you know hot streak is going to come to an end um so i i want to see her continue to well because what we kind of lose in these discussions of like well is she better than aklo is just how fun it is to not only watch her play but watch a player like this break out because we get to see this every now and then and especially more now in the post online era but it's just a blast every single time um speaking of which uh, you know, she is also a player who continues to play, like plays in everything, plays in locals, will go to uh, regionals. I think she has a plan to go to one regional, fly to another regional the next day in a different state. I don't know if it's going to work, but just like, I, you know, I respect the decision <laughs> to, to do it. Um, and uh, I, I think that you can find her devotion to playing um, right now, like literally at this moment, because she is currently in bracket in the coin box. So, Radar, speaking of the coin box, we have another um, dubious, relatively dubious uh, money money injection featuring HBOX into the scene. I'm sure you all know, we had uh, last time we had an episode, we talked about what Fresh Cut uh, you know, has announced. And since then, we, we have a lot more information on it, which is very good. 
So to, to catch everyone up, Fresh Cut is a gamer TikTok, I believe, is the, uh, the best way we can describe them. They are a media platform. It's a content platform, which kind of takes, um, you know, like gamer content, video game content, uh, specifically Smash Brothers, I guess, is what they're kind of cornering the market on, and puts it in, in like kind of the bite-sized um, portions that we see from like TikTok or YouTube Shorts. Um, Fresh Cut has also devoted a lot of money to the scene with their uh, God was it was it fifty thousand dollars was that it the fifty thousand dollar fund um, which was going to be run by their Chief Smash organizer or, organizer Hey, I did that last episode. I said organizer uh, Chief Smash organizer Hungrybox. Uh, last time we talked, it was kind of a very nebulous idea of them spending money on players. We didn't know how many players. We didn't know what who was getting money. We didn't really know anything about this. And one of the biggest things is we didn't know what Smash meant, if that meant Ultimate or if that meant Melee, which we later found out. Um, but in the in the weeks since our last episode, we there's been a bit more. Uh, we found out that this fund is, is given to people... Uh, there's like three people who win it every single time they do it every single month uh, and they they kind of get like a decreasing value based on votes so the first person gets I think it's like 1250 and then goes down from there um, but the thing that we're gonna be talking about is their to program so hungry box recently announced a gift to the tos uh, as I believe he called it uh, which is the fresh cut who what's do boy what's it called the fresh cut program <laughs> partner program uh man i wish i did the jackzilla and actually wrote a script out before i did this off the dome uh, but there is a a partnership program involving giving money to smaller tournaments um to like regionals to even majors and this is something that is open right now it's open for tournaments to apply to um, and basically radar there's a couple things that i i would like to say on it but i want to hear your thoughts on this first so what what do you think about this uh, recent announcement about this to program yeah so like i think there's like a, a lot to say on it i mean i guess the first thing i would say is broadly speaking money in the scene is good um i think even on the condition of like getting people to sign up and stuff like that like as far as i'm aware uh fresh cut was a sponsor for uh, major upset and was a profitable or like a worthwhile sponsor as far as I'm aware. Like it, and that relied on signups and stuff. Ultimate so I think as well, I, I believe they were a sponsor at collision. They at the very least had a booth at collision. Yeah. They, they've had history of sponsoring tournaments. Yeah. So like in those cases, like from my understanding, it was beneficial to the TOs who ran it. Um, so, you know, any any interest is good interest i think any money is good money um i mean that's that's probably a little broad but like you know what i mean like i think like we're not in a position to say no to a sponsor like this i feel that being said like it's still gonna be you know just a drop in the bucket um and i think there's like some kind of some stuff that's like a bit strange i mean a big one that like it doesn't really matter uh but I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this is like, will this sponsor be around in a year? Is the business plan like a super solid one? Uh, maybe it's not my place to say or comment on that, uh, but I certainly can. So I think it's like, it's good, but it's not like, it doesn't, 
it kind of it kind of feels like like oh like an oh cool like this this is nice i guess cool sure whatever i'm not like yo this is saving smash like this is this is what we need like you know we've been in kind of a downward spiral and now this is pulling us up no like i don't know if that sufficiently answers the question no i i think that i think that's a great answer i think it kind of deals with the biggest thing when it comes to something like this is uh you know you have to to reckon with the idea of getting money into the scene but but what does that money mean and what does it entail um and edwin i want i want your opinions on it before you'll we'll probably have very similar opinions because i don't know we talk too much well i've I've uh, heard Anoks as well (laughs) remember when we uh we we did a podcast with walton rayner we found out that they don't talk to each other between episodes and they like just would talk on podcast we do talk now, but at the time. <laughs> well, it was now. Well, when's, when's your last yeah, podcast? Yeah, because we showed so. you guys up, so you when, had when to. Was, you know. the last okay. podcast? Okay. That's how you guys talk now. Uh, no, but Edwin, I, I believe that we talk so often that we probably have very similar opinions on this. But I want to hear what what are your what are your thoughts on this uh, fresh cut tour? Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna say what I think. I think I I think it's us. I don't I, I don't doubt the intention of of getting money into the scene. I don't doubt the sincerity and earnestness of TOs and people involved in terms of explaining that the money can help. I spoke to some people that work with FreshCut and my understanding of things for, for what they have told me is that the 100 to $2,500 fund uh, for, for an event is essentially like that. My understanding is that $100 is basically like maybe, maybe a projector or something not necessarily long-term beneficial to the event, but that when you get into the $2,500 uh, sort of range, that that's something that significantly does help with venue fees for, mm-hmm. for, for regionals. So I don't want to say that, I don't want to say that the, um, that the money is not useful for events. After talking to TOs, I think in a vacuum, it's good for them to have money that helps put them out of debt and make sure that events are sustainable. Now, I'm going to get into the thing that I think is a little suspect about this. I, I th- don't like what appears t- to me. The thing, the thing that raises alarm bells is the fact that this, this is being p- positioned as a community, initi- a community fund or an initiative. Mm-hmm. Like, you apply for this thing, this, this organization or this, this company gives you money to essentially shout them out, mention their name on stream, and you, and you get the money, right? This is a little, my understanding of this is a little more uh, detailed. This feels like they are essentially giving events a baseline amount of money, probably like closer to $100 or like on the lower end or so, and that the additional money earned from, from the event is based off TO referral or user sign up refer- through a TO referral link. Now, maybe my understanding of this is wrong. I'm not a TO. I'm not really like, I'm not a business business person, right? But but from the from when I read these things, when I read these things like the Fresh Cut program and what what in, entails of what it entails of and how the money is given to the events and what the events are doing back, it reads to me like the like the terminal organizer, excuse me, the <laughs> hey, organizers too much, are doing sales for Fresh Cut, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that's fine. Uh, sponsors give money to people to do advertising for them in, in, in exchange. That's that's how partnerships work. I'm, I'm not opposed to that. That's what it is. Is it partnerships and an agreement? This company is trying to get more users through reaching out to this community that they think that they can, they can basically acquire users through at a cheap cost. 
that that is what they're doing. This is not a benevolent gift of money to a brand to a brand deeply invested in Smash. This is a company that is trying to find an efficient way of acquiring users and doing it through TOs, you know, marketing this product and getting users to their app. That's what mm-hmm. they're doing. And I think I think it's fine to feel suspect about this. It is okay to feel a little uncomfortable about this. Not because you think it will corrupt the nature of Smash or destroy events or turn everyone into shills, but it's it's okay to it's okay to feel a little uncomfortable and wonder about where the money is going and how this fundamentally supports Smash. I think it's fine. I what what I don't like is very well-meaning, but but admittedly desperate people saying that you aren't allowed to criticize this or you're not allowed to have reservations. I, I know it's been a really tough time in Smash. Trust me, me and we are people that basically basically spend our whole days thinking about Smash and, and working on projects related to Smash. We, we understand how financially you know precarious this situation is, and we certainly have a lot of stake in it too. Yeah. But I just I mean, don't as think... As people it... who got paid from Smash, I think we know that there's no money in it. Yeah. And, well, Hey, I thought there was no money in it last year. Turns out that was not true. <laughs> what I yeah. thought was no money brutal, brutal. could could go foot lower. <laughs> yeah, and I I think it's fine to be suspicious and it's fine to it's fine to be cautious about these things. I don't want to encourage a uh, I don't want to encourage a culture within this community where we just have to accept the bag whenever it's given to us in exchange for service for other people. I don't think that's good for events. I understand that you know, events and the way the scene is right now, we don't have much room to work with to, to negotiate with prospective sponsors and advertisers. But I don't think that um, I don't think that mentioning that is necessarily necessarily or should should be discouraged. I think it's sure. good to be critical. So can I ask you a question just before I let we continue? Um, so like, my, I got I don't disagree with you. I guess my one one thought is like the way you're kind of framing it is like, like you mentioned sort of this is not a company who like cares about smash and is doing it for some benevolent reason, but isn't that kind of like sort of an unreasonable standard to have for like any sponsor, like the, like some, like I'm not even necessarily saying like, I don't agree that this is like not someone we should not be kind of somewhat skeptical of, but like, isn't it inherently not stupid, but like, like, I think I know what you're getting at. So if if I can just give my answer, I think I'm I, I'm okay with that. I I don't really care about the. It's it's not so much for me if I can just clarify what I'm saying. It's not so so much the sincerity of an organization or not that on its own that matters. Organizations get involved with communities and different scenes or, or niche markets because it's a benefit to them. I'm okay with that. I think that's I think that's fine. That's that's. That's just how the world works and how like economics works or whatever, right? I think that the only thing I don't like is that there's people in the community that with you know with notable platforms treating this and positioning this as an act of benevolence when it's not, and that the act of you know being skeptical or cautious toward it is robbing Smash of opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't like. I don't like the I don't like the way that this is positioned or talked about as a as an act of charity or or. or something you know to be very grateful for even gg an organization that i really admire and respect a lot for their contributions to smash they do it because it's a benefit to their brand and because it, there's a there's a value add to, to them i don't have a problem with that I, there's no way to measure sincerity or earnestness on its own 
So I, I under so to to me it's it's less the absence or presence of that as much as the fact that it's that I think there's a willingness to jump on board with with that as a you know with with the presence of a company on its own and the the giving away of money with these stipulations on it as the you know act of benevolence on its own but it's not it wasn't even like that with gg initially and and that's okay i just want people to be aware of that yeah but i guess my my pushback for that would just be like like again it's okay to be skeptical and stuff but like it also seems like we should still be like like okay let's use like a, a parallel with like papa john's like so papa john's comes in and starts sponsoring some tournaments and they say like hey we're doing this you know we want to get people to sign up you know use code papa john's whatever right and it's clearly like like you said like a mutually beneficial thing you know uh, like that's just kind of how things work but i would still be like thank you papa john's for taking a chance on this kind of community and and so even though again i see papa john's in this company as different um, like, shouldn't we still be glad that there is, uh, advertising interest in Smash, especially if it is what helps sustain the scene? Like, what, what makes this different from Papa John's, I guess, is maybe a question well, I would ask. I think there's a lot that makes us different from Papa John's. One, I'm not, Papa I'm not saying I don't think there's differences. I just want to, like, like, can you articulate that for me? Sure. Wait, I, I, I have my answer, but I want to, but I have a feeling that we're on the same page. Go ahead, here, so you can. I, I mean... You could talk about um, how they're positioned themselves in the community, right? Obviously, Papa John's is a brand that, like, probably does not need to benefit from this as much as Fresh Cut. They're two completely different scopes. You could talk about that. Um, and it really does seem like, obviously, uh, while Papa John's did benefit a lot in terms of branding, hey, we had Papa John's on an episode. Like, we all ate it except for Edwin, who didn't order it. Um, and, like, I've talked to countless smashers who said, like, yeah, I've eaten Papa John's in the past year, and I wouldn't have if it were not for Melee. Um, I, I definitely don't think that the the intentions were the same in terms of Fresh Cut in ter to be like a community savior, <clears throat> but I think the biggest difference is um, how this actually works, right? So we don't know how the Papa John's deal works, um, worked, I guess, because it's not something that seems to be continuing. Um, but what we do know is that almost every single person who was involved said that it was extremely helpful. And that it was something that, you know, we probably can infer kept BTS going, considering, you know, the year ended. BTS didn't really make it much further. I hate to, you know, make a make a big um, inference oh, on bad. that. But um, also, one of the things was that um, this money wasn't really tied to how many pizzas people bought. And that's kind of the big difference in what Fresh Cut's doing. Fresh Cut is coming out and saying... Um, they've, they have amazing marketing, right? Because they come out with a trusted figure like Hungrybox, and he says, I am giving you guys $50,000, which is an insane amount of money, right? If you're a smasher, an insane amount of money to drop. Uh, and it's to tournament organizers, which was kind of the big issue that people had with the, the player fund, was you had people go, okay, well, you know, you can send players to as many tournaments as you want. These tournaments might not exist if you don't give them funding. So, so they answer that perfectly with $50,000 of funding. Um, I think that the difference here is in how much this actually affects these individual tournaments. So any tournament can apply, and if they are accepted, they get $100. It is $100 minimum. And then with downloads of the Fresh Cut app from the TO referral code, you 
start to gain more money. Um, I believe it's something like they, they do have a, they talk about how much money it is. I think it's $1 per one download plus incentives for however many downloads, but I believe to get to the cap of um, 2,500, it does make it, like over a thousand downloads. Um, and what Edwin said was correct is that, uh, you know, TOs have said that $100 probably won't really do much, but 2,500 will be like very helpful for a regional. And in a year where we are going from like fewer and fewer majors to more and more regionals, I think that this is something that we should, we should welcome with open arms. But I, I think when you actually talk about the logistics and the, the thing that is actually going to happen from this is, um, we're probably going to be seeing people not hit this $2,500 mark. Um, especially if there's, if you need a TO code, um, you know, it, let's say I use the tipped off code and then I download the app. Can I uninstall the app and download again with the, um, DreamHack Dallas code? Um, would that even work? Uh, and if that's the case, then you have kind of like a natural order where the, bigger tournaments are going to use the most codes anyway and the smaller tournaments are probably actually not even going to see a lot of money because a 200 person tournament or a 100 person tournament or a 50 person tournament which is the um it's the the limit you know you need at least 50 people um probably need the money more than a genesis does and might not have the reach might not have the audience that they that uh you know <clears throat> that they would um and if you're in the later half of the year, maybe everyone already used their codes, everyone who's going to download. So I, I do think logistically as well. But Edwin, I'm sure like, you know, what I mentioned earlier about um, Fresh Cut does seem to be positioning themselves intentionally or not as kind of a savior, um, which I never felt Papa John's did. I want to hear your your thoughts on, on what Radar is asking, because I think it might we might have had similar thoughts. No, I, I think you pretty much encapsulated everything everything that I wanted to say. The, the the point that you touched on that I didn't even that I didn't even think of necessarily immediately was the uh, was the logistics of, of earning the money and what was asked for in exchange as far as as far as what our understanding is as, as scene contributors. That was one that was one thing that I didn't think of or articulate as as quickly as you did. Um, what I was actually focused on radar was more so. Now I, I don't want to get into the specifics of this necessarily because I was not involved in the deal and I don't want I don't want a bunch of people involved to uh, chew me out in the comments or or reply to me for getting a number wrong. But again, this is just my understanding based on people who I talked to that were involved and that have been involved in previous deals that both fell through and have to work out for Smash. My understanding is that the scale of what the Papa John's deal. Um, that the scale of what it had was well beyond basically anything that had ever happened for like a, a group of tournaments in the history of the scene. So, you know, take take that as you may. I, I'm not going to act like I have a specific number or an idea of how that revenue is distributed from event to the event. But my but my understanding was that it, it was quite significant across like eight events or whatever, like well, like well into the six figures. That's that's my understanding, though. I could I'm not going to pretend like I have a specific number or as much insight as the people that are specific, like working on that deal. But, but my, to my knowledge, it, it was unprecedented in history. So I think that one of the things that made that deal a little more easy for me to jump on board with was the fact that I, I knew that that was going on and every single, you know, as kind of lame as it is to say, every single trustable community figure that, or organization that we had, like back then, which was obviously beyond the summit, was just, you know hooting and hollering over the steel. It was it was such a good deal that even even Summit and VGBC events were were yeah. together on on this something this, that we thought were 
not mutually yeah. exclusive. Yeah, and yeah, these two organizations that hated each other for, for like that were basically ex- engaged in like a factional civil war last year, or like the or like for a long time. So just just to put it out there. So I think the fact that this this deal that deal had brought like events associated with both events together from everyone that I I talked to about this deal spoke glowingly about it immediately made me willing to jump on board with it. In a way that, you know, I, I'm just going to say it. I, I think Hungrybox has done a lot for the scene. His Coinbox series is, is, is great. I think it's provided great entertainment every other week or so, and every week for the broader Smash scene. But no, I, I, I don't think Hungrybox is quite uh, on the level of events contributions that, that, someone, that an organization like BTS has made. So for me, when I see a lack... So maybe this, maybe this speaks to the, you know, the lack of... Um, space holding within within events that we have and you know the need to fill that but for me like at least i did not see as many signifiers that this was something at the scale of papa john's or something like potentially with the long i I guess like what i'm not understanding is that like it feels like both of you guys are like this is worse than the papa john's deal and it's like i guess i just think like okay you know like does that mean it's like somehow like a net bad or even that like 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 even like you know we talks about like well look at the differences this has to do with a sign up thing and that doesn't and uh, i get that those are different but like having a sign up bonus is a very very common thing for sponsors like youtube sponsors do that like it's not like every well, sponsor does yeah. that but like no, i i think that's actually the important part is that you know you can look at the ambi tweet this is just raid shadow legends and and it's not an issue so much as why is this company different from this company? I, I think that the issue that Anok, or that Edwin brings up is why is this company being treated differently from this company? And I think you're actually right. Is that we should treat these companies all the same? In that we should not be giving. It's good them... to have healthy, healthy so, yeah, caution, have healthy competition, have healthy skepticism. We shouldn't be giving any company that wants to give money to the scene, um, like any adulation without actually seeing what they give to us, right? And I, I sure. think this is a hard thing to take in. It's an easy thing to say, right? We can all agree that we shouldn't just accept money blindly, but it's really hard to actually do. Um, but this goes for anyone. This goes for uh, Papa John's. This goes for Fresh Cut. This goes, goes for, for blockchain.com. Coinbase. This goes for, yeah, blockchain.com. This goes for Golden Guardians, right? You have to say, well, okay, you know, there, there is a monetary reason why the Golden State Warriors wants to get into Melee. And then um, you have to think about, to yourself, like, well, do do I have an issue with this? Does does what, does what Do their interests align with my interest? Are they against each other? And I'm not even saying that Fresh Cut necessarily is that. It's just I think that they've done incredible marketing, that they completely skipped the skepticism part. And it reminds me of, I think, probably, dude, we probably mentioned on, on the last episode we talked about this, it reminds me of GTX 2017. Where this outside organization comes in, makes the biggest promises with the biggest numbers, and does it in a like a really good marketing way, right? You know, they kind of like hit you over the head with these numbers so much that so many people actually believe that these are the saviors. Um, I, I think it's a surprise knowing that GTX did not become a million dollar tournament <laughs> and did not actually even continue to be a, a major. Um, and and we've seen these companies come in and out. And I think it's okay to to take in money from the scene with healthy skepticism. And it's it's really just I've not seen players from both Melee and Ultimate. Uh, I've not seen any other company 
have this kind of push and pull where people go, okay, well, maybe there's something bigger to this. And, and obviously, I, I will not act as if Fresh Cuts, you know, Web3, Crypto, Kai's, whether active or not, um, <laughs> like, affect this. Obviously, people are, are mad at that and are willing to give them less um, leeway than they would a company that's associated with fucking pizza, right? Um but I think that yeah, I think that every company should be should be greedy with this, and uh, I think the the interesting dynamic is that they've kind of skipped to a to a part where they're kind of met with open arms, and I think we haven't seen the reason to to do that just yet. I, I mean, I'd be happy to say in the future that like you know this was a great deal. Um, I just think oh, that we just, we have we have to wait, we have to see it. Who who is 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 opening? the arms up and, and saying like, they're so great. Like, I guess I just haven't seen that. I feel like I'm almost exclusively seeing like a, I don't know about this one. Maybe it's like, you know, why should we be so excited? Like who, who is like popping off? Like that's notable besides HBox, who's like a brand ambassador. Um, I mean, I don't know. You're, you're getting into specific circles there. I will say that um, I'll, I've seen a lot of ultimate people, both larger and, and like, you know, 12 year olds. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Like, I mean, well, that's exactly what they're talking to, right? You know, this is they're they're getting HBox to say this specifically so people will trust him more. Um, here, I'll read a I'll read a tweet that I saw from Aaron from uh, from Moist. Aaron from Moist, the um, Diddy Kong name. So this is yesterday. He tweeted, "I've seen so many people express concern for Fresh Cut being in the community, and literally zero reason as to why. I swear that MFs just want to run out any opportunities for money possible." If you have valid fears, that's another thing. Not sponsored to say any of this. And I do think that this is something that I've seen a lot of. I've seen a lot of people say, like, you know, you are running out people with money. And you when may, and Smash is not in a position to do so, uh, which I wholeheartedly disagree with. I think that we are in a position to wonder where money comes from, just as if you should wonder where money could come from. If someone gave it to you in real life, right? If someone said... I'll give you $2,000. I've never met you, but I'll give you $2,000. I think you should wonder why that's happening. Um, and uh, it seems like, you know, Fresh Cut might be great. They might give us a lot of money and uh, mutually beneficial for them, right? 50K for marketing uh, for an entire year. That's pretty normal for big companies, especially ones that are funded with b- millions of VGC money. Um, but we have to actually see if this is something that benefits us more than it benefits them. And I, I just don't think that we're at that level yet. What, what's up, Edwin? Yeah, I want to name another tweet. And I just want to say I like this guy a lot. If you're the few of you that are listening to this, please do not harass him. <laughs> He's a very good person. We don't have people but, who care enough to harass. They harass us most. Yeah, we're, we're going to we're actually the ones putting our skin in the game. I mentioned this. I did see SFOP, uh, you know, the fox that I'm very fond of, tweet something along the lines of, well, I'm just gonna read it. It's how are people bitching about HBox giving free money to the community? Shut the fuck up. This is why no one likes us. It's not. Uh, you're you're afraid to say fuck. Okay, but it's, like, it's not free money. Okay, <laughs> the but TOs like... are performing a their TOs are performing a service for them. And that's fine, but it's not free money. <laughs> I just it just seems kind of like, like, I totally agree. It's fine to be skeptical. I totally agree that like there I don't want money from any source like you know like you have to be kind of considering where is this coming from I guess to me it kind of seems like and I also agree that they should not position this as like the saviors of smash or something that's obviously like not true and they it's like probably out of touch to position it that way that being said like 
it does feel like I haven't seen the same kind of criticism for like other sponsors that regularly sponsor the event or like, or sponsor events or sponsor specific events. Like, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, you know, like most, most tournament sponsors feel like this. And so, yeah, they shouldn't position this as some kind of crazy, like, oh my God, this is like, we're saving smash baby. But like, is it not just like, cool, I guess this is good. We shouldn't blow it out of proportion. But like when, I don't know, TELUS, like a phone company in Canada sponsors Battle of BC or like apparently some local driving school is like, should we be like, well, that's barely any money. And like, like, do you know, like I guess I just don't see like, like, you know, that's probably sign up dependent too, based on the way that I, the marketing seemed to be like, I, you know what I, I mean? don't think that there's a, I've literally never heard of those two things, and you didn't even name the name of one of them. I think that they're very different from what FreshCut's doing here, and I think that's the difference, right? Yeah, but like, there, there, there have been big sponsors that put this kind of money in the past. It kind of feels like, like, I don't agree with the people who are like, oh yeah, we should just blindly say like, you know, like, yes, free money, whatever. But like, I guess I am kind of pushing back that it seems like, I don't know, like, weed maps is probably a bad example but like that's kind of a random ass sponsor that sponsored sponsored summit and probably put like a decent amount of money into a couple events and like they didn't save smash or whatever but they probably like helped out that event and if they're this this thing is spreading the money a bit more broadly like maybe it helps an individual organization less but helps many organizations a little bit like i don't know it, it feels like i don't know if i understand the weed maps connection can you go further into that what, what like basically is? like it feels like here's a company that's giving 50k to smash there are probably been like many many companies that have given anywhere from 25 to 50k for smash you know i can think of um juked for example was get sponsoring a bunch of money to different tournaments it was like 5k here 5k there five, like probably in total it ended up being 50k um they didn't announce it in the same way. So I agree. Like, I don't think it makes sense to position this as some kind of big savior thing, but like, I also don't see how it's like so different from those. Cause some of those were based on like sign up stuff, you know, like it's not that crazy to have a sign up model. So it, like, I do kind of sympathize with the people who are like, why are people frustrated by this or like hitting it? Not in just like a, like to me, this feels like, uh, like, a okay cool money in the scene whatever it might not make much of an impact whatever like it doesn't seem like it not i'm not saying that it shouldn't be something we discussed in the podcast because obviously people have on twitter been talking about it back and forth but like it just seems like just another sponsor and the only thing that they did that was weird is a like the kind of origins of the company and then b like just positioning it as if it is some kind of like crazy saving smash thing and honestly I don't want to call out somebody, but I feel like that has more to do with HBox being like, "Yo, we're gonna we're gonna do like, well, we're gonna frame it that way." He, I mean, he's hired to do so, right? That's the thing. But that's uh, I bet what he recommended. Like, the the thing I'll say about this is that uh, we must have different social media circles, I guess, because I have not seen any, like, yeah, you know, like how yeah, you know, you're right. People have been sponsoring tournaments forever, right? I, I, but I haven't seen juked position themselves in the way that fresh cut has or talked about in the way that fresh cut has and i don't even want people to come out of this saying that mainly sets is anti fresh cut right i don't i don't think that's necessarily the call i, I just want to actually see what we're going to get right <laughs> like an oak. Edwin, what do you think yeah i mean if 
just exploring my thoughts out loud here, right? I think I think what you're bringing up is interesting. And just, you know, this is not something I'm definite on. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to articulate and find par- particular reasons why why I feel like this is different than some of the other sponsors, right? And I think I think an inevitable part of this is just again, I I'm not anti-fresh cut. I don't want this to be an anti-fresh cut podcast. But but I do think the nature of, of what the company provides, what its history is, you know, some of the some of the some of its the press behind it and its existing notoriety and mixed reception in other communities like the F, FGC and whatnot, I think I think give us a little more reason to treat this as a discrete instance of not being actively hostile to to a prospective sponsor, but just wary. I think that does have to have to do with it. And that I I'm not necessarily comfortable diving into all the specifics on things like people feeling like their content was taken on Fresh Cut without permission or or just, you know, the writings of other people's account. I, I can say that I met with Fresh Cut people at events and they, they seem like sincere people that believed in their, their company. I don't think they're trying to rip off people necessarily, but I think there's a, I think there's certain things about the product that they give and there's certain things about their history, their involvement in other communities being receiving mixed feedback that do make this a bit more discreet than say like andromeda consultants or yeah or, or something else and i think that's fair i think that's fair i think that's fair game it just i guess it just seems like to me it feels like blown out a bit of proportion that like yeah do i think that this company is like as trustworthy as reputable as someone that i would like hand pick to sponsor us compared to like even other places like, yeah, you know, I mentioned Juked. As someone who's a commentator, like, I've read countless ad reads for events. And, you know, sometimes they're like, you know, HyperX microphones. And sometimes they're like, yeah, Andromeda consultants. And 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 I am pretty sure, like, pretty confident that some of those are conditional on how many codes they get and how much that type of stuff. So it really feels like it boils down to, like, is Fresh Cut just kind of like a little bit of a weird company? And did they kind of position this in a way that's like a bit self-congratulating? I guess yes to both, but is it like so different from the other sponsorships that we've had in the past? Like, I don't really feel like it's crazy different. No, but that's part of the point, right? Part of the point that we're trying to make is that this is the same exact thing. I mean, literally on our last episode, I mentioned that this is the same exact thing as seeing a slide on a major, at a major, same thing with HyperX. They just thought to themselves, and and I've calling them great marketing this entire time because, right, we're, I mean, hey, we're fucking talking about this. We're talking about HyperX. Um, mm. They probably decided that they could put $50,000 or $100,000 or however much money their entirety, the fund was, they could put that much money into getting slides at every major tournament. They could be a title sponsor at, you know, whatever, Gommel, pick a major. And it probably cost a very similar amount. Or they could take all that money, they could hire HBox to hype them up, and they could do the same thing with a more grill marketing sense and a more of a sense that this is a homegrown grassroots uh, type fund. And yeah, I, I think that the, you're, you're mentioning that this isn't different. That's the point, right? The point is that this is the same exact thing. It's what Ambi mentioned, right? This is raid shadow legends. They have something to gain from this and we have something to gain possibly, but there are people who are kind of acting as if this is not just a company basically buying, another company to talk about them right this is this is that's not the same exact thing um so i think it's important to kind of understand where the money comes from in our community and i think we've all agreed on that and i i've been loving the discussion we're having but we do have 
one of the biggest tournaments of the year to talk about. So I, I think this has been very interesting. I don't want to hear what people in the uh, comments say, because usually our comments are just saying that our microphones are bad. Uh, so I, I'd like to hear uh, some some feedback into kind of what's going on in the episode, because this is a topic that you know we talked about before. Knowing us, hey, we talked about fucking HBox every episode last year. We're probably going to talk about uh, this again. <laughs> we we don't have good topics. We go to the same thing every now and then. Um, we're probably going to talk about this in the future. So I actually want to hear what people say because I think this is it is a subject that's really interesting because it's it's based on what's happening in the scene, but just as much as that, it's based on what people are saying. So I want to hear from you know people who watch this show, people you know fans of our stuff. Uh, I want to hear what you guys talk about, but. Obviously, Can I just say you know, one thing before we segue out? Sure. I do think there is something to be said. So again, we're pretty much on the same page with a lot of stuff. Some of this is me slightly playing devil's advocate, but I do think there is something to be said of like, I don't, I think there is like, I'm trying to think of the right way to word it. Being kind of negative when a sponsor does want to sponsor Smash can be harmful as well. That doesn't mean that this is not the right time to be negative. I just think like, while I don't agree that like Smash, I, I, I also believe Smash can be choosy about the sponsors it picks. I think like, you know, we do want to position ourselves as someone who is like looking for sponsors, I think. Like, I think it would be, you know, you use Radio Sh Ray Child Legends. Like, I'm fine if Ray Child Legends sponsors a Smash event. I think that would be good. Maybe we disagree on that. But, like, if it gets money to the scene, and as long as they're, like, you know, like, that's good. So I, I do still wonder about, like, like you know, reacting negatively. But we but we got to move on, like you said. So we have Battle of BC 5 coming up this weekend. This is... Um... Uh, it's the largest Battle BC tournament just by pure numbers. And also, if you look at the attendees, this probably is also the most stacked, at least at top level, um, this event has ever been. So this is kind of an event that years ago was a cool regional little thing to look at and it has blossomed into one of the premier events for the top level players. And, and I think that this year is no different. Um, Radar, we probably had you on last year. I don't we think did, we yeah. see as anything other than Canadian, unfortunately. That's your <laughs> that's your go-to. So, um, you want to talk about your history with the the Battle of BC series? Yeah. So it's not like as long as as someone like Kevin Deere or something who's been there from the beginning. But uh, I moved to BC in 2017. Uh, I guess the first Battle of BC event I went to was that Battle of BC two, or maybe it had already happened. Um, but I you know went to that. Uh, it was either two or three. Yeah, I went to two, and then I also went to three. Both of them were very good, um, but I think the event really like changed for the better last year. Um, not because of anything that really like had to do with the TOs. It just had started to gain more and more momentum. Um, a bunch of new faces came along. Um, not to say that that's like not the result of the TOs' hard work, but sometimes it's like, like let's say you're like a, a really good band, but you're just like building your fan base, and then all of a sudden. You have one kind of breakout show. I think Battle of BC had a similar thing. And uh, yeah, it's it was a really, really, really good event last year. It's a good event this year, I hope. And um, I don't know. I, I've consistently found it one of the most fun tournaments that I've been to. So I don't know. That doesn't, it feels like I kind of rambled there, but yeah. 
I think there's one notable difference from this year to from last year to this year. Advent, do you know what that is? It's me. Oh, what the fuck? No, it's in a new location. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah. It's, it's like literally location. not. It's what the fuck? It's not it's not it's like my, in my downtown Vancouver. It's in a big convention center. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, dude, it's you. Yeah. So they're actually like that is something worth talking about, like really quickly. To speak to someone who who is who lives here, um, previously, if we were to imagine like kind of Vancouver as like a, a square, it used to be on the far western side. It was on the university campus. And for people who haven't been to Vancouver before, University of British Columbia is kind of like almost like its own little city. Like it's very far removed from the rest of the the city. Um, it's very very big. Like there's like something like fifty thousand students. So it's really spread out. And that's kind of where it took place. Whereas if that's kind of here, downtown is like north and kind of off, like maybe a 20 minute drive from UBC. So now the tournament is literally like the heart of the city, downtown by the ocean. There's like mountains in the background. It's going to look really nice. We've had one other tournament here before, Pinnacle. Um, but I think like one of the things that I heard a lot from people who came last year was just like how much Vancouver as a city impressed them. And I think people will will really feel that here, just like both in terms of natural beauty and in terms of food, like everything, transit. So it's really like positioned quite literally to be like a successful event because it's in a really, really good location. I mean, that's the type of stuff we talk about. Edwin and I, we've gone on and on about what makes a major good, you know, what makes the attendee experience great. You know, so Edwin, you're right. You are going to this one. You have This is your first that time. That is also, yeah. First time at a first time at a Canadian major, right? Yeah, my first time. First time in Canada. Not since not like since I've been an adult. Like I went there when I was like really little. Okay. Um. So this is your kind of you're going to be breaking new barriers. Um. What are you? Yeah. What are you looking forward to, in terms of Battle BC as a tournament itself? What do you want your tournament experience to be? Uh, I'm pretty excited to just be in the city of Vancouver, honestly. I think that it, it'll be nice going to an event in a convention center. We don't know how many of those are going to be yeah. going to be around super moving forward. So it almost feels like, uh, I didn't mention this in my, my column earlier this week, but it almost feels like I'm going back in time into what feels like a BTS era major, because I don't really know how much... <laughs> BTS era, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's in a convention center. It's a big event. Like, I... I, I'm pretty excited for it. I think Vancouver is a really, really interesting location. Kind of obnoxious to get to for me because of, there's no nonstop flights from from Boston. But I've heard great things about the city. I'm pretty excited to be there, to travel around, to enjoy good food. Um, I think the event itself is quite interesting in terms of the competitive field, also because it's it's quite top heavy. It, it may yeah. even be top heavy. It, you know, ho hopefully everyone's trying and makes it makes it to the event. But it may end up having a top eight that's about as good as anything that you'll find, which I think uh, is 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 quite extraordinary. <laughs> so I'm I'm pretty excited for that. I think that the um, I think there's a bit of a steep drop off after the 20th or like 21st seed or so, because then you get into people like Ingen. You get into a lot of wild card type players that could either buster out or go on these super deep runs i think um the last thing i'll say on on this topic before we get into like the really you know big uh, the big questions surrounding this event like who's gonna win it and how top eight will turn out and everything um i think bc is in a in a particularly interesting spot because the the scene 
uh, you know, last year it had quite quite a few locals. It, it's got you know the the four foxes or whatever, or the three foxes. You you got Polo, you got Elliot, of course. And lately, has had some returning players like like SB and Foe are, are are starting to come back. But as far as like the actual scene of the Vancouver itself and just in broader British Columbia, my understanding is that the the same like weekly locals are not really quite there anymore because they're usually through the university and uh i think one of the like leaders left or something or maybe people i forget exactly what it was but the long story short is that a lot of the people in bc they kind of play at fests and they play at monthlies now or they play on like west coast net play but the, the actual like weekly locals that used to be there aren't really quite around and there's monthlies now but there still are yeah some tournaments but it's not yeah a, not as much as it was like especially pre-net play mm-hmm so, so uh, I'm pretty interested to see how they perform against a broader audience because that's another thing with, uh, with the, or excuse me, against a broader field of like out of region talent because that's another thing BC I think is kind of notorious for. It's it's a bit of an international hub. Like a lot of the Japanese players used to come to BC. Uh, BC had a really good relationship with the Japan scene even far back as like the MLG era. So I just think in in general, it, the, we have a we have a fun little crowd of people from different regions uh you got a lot of notable top 50 players you have hidden bosses there and obviously like i mentioned before the the top level talent is there so i'm excited to watch it all i'm excited to play a bunch of people travel vancouver i gave my word last year that i'd i'd go to the event yeah you kept saying that you're like i gave my word i must go i think like okay obviously we want to talk about like players to look out for and we're gonna do that but i do think one of the things you know you talk about like a post bts era and that's it is like depressing to talk about that but i think one of the strengths of a city like vancouver um and obviously it is expensive is just like if you treat smash purely as like a a place to just connect with other people and play the game um and sorry smash events not just smash specifically then maybe you know battle of bc isn't going to be automatically the highest ranked but if you treat it as also a chance to like travel uh try new food, a culture, etc. then I think it does do quite well. So I think that's something that like, for people maybe who haven't gone, um, will be impressed by. And I think it's something that also like, some other big events like Gommel as well, which is another Canadian one, like have as well. So yeah, but let's talk uh, players to look out for. Reed, who are you feeling? So Adam, you mentioned that this is an event that has a lot of top level talent and you're right. Uh, and one thing you mentioned is that there is a bit of a drop-off between the, like, really top, top-level talent and uh, what you kind of kind of go, start going to, like, non-top 100 or lower-end top 100 players, like, right after people who could place top 8 here. So it is a really interesting thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of people who I'm going to be looking at, there's a Marth. There's a Marth that we don't get to see very often at all. And uh, I think he could go very far. He's about to... He's scheduled, or, or not scheduled, he's he's uh, seated in a way that he could end up playing Fiction, and while I think that Fiction ends up taking it, um, I think that this player is going to do really well this tournament. I'm, of course, talking about BZ. BZ is the Canadian Marth, I believe. I've heard Saskatchewan, I've heard Alberta, I've heard a ton of different things. I actually don't know where they are. Just a that big mass of Canada in the middle that no one cares about. Uh, sorry, is that mean? <laughs> people care is, about is it. a fiction going I, I don't see fiction on the seating list um fiction is uh see i thought he was in the bracket i could have sworn sworn i just saw it 
Unless mm. I, unless it's someone else's name, and I'm just going crazy. Uh, but yeah, what I want to talk about is uh, so Ingen is is scheduled to play um, BZ, which is a really interesting match to me. These are two players who we generally don't get to see too often. Um, but I'm actually going to have to to throw my hat in the BZ ring for this one. This is a player who, if you remember from last Battle of BC, not only two o two Saint, but I believe it was like a six stock. Or yeah, something. it was not close. It was like, <laughs> and it was, and this is against two Saint, someone whose history against Marth is usually like quite quite good. Yeah. Two Saint was two Saint was very difficult for Rishi historically when they were in the same reason region together. Uh, two Saint later on, obviously as we know, would beat Kadoran. So. It was, it was such a wild, out-of-nowhere result. I think BZ's an interesting player to keep an eye on. Definitely one mm-hmm. of the up-and-coming players from um, from Canada. And uh, Radar, yeah, Fiction's in the bracket. I don't know what yeah, I, I just So the reason I say that is because like, I got a, a list of the seating from Deer, and, mm-hmm. and Fiction isn't on that list. So I just DM'd Kevin about that because Fiction is in the bracket. So He's got know. a normal-ass seed, so it might just be an old, outdated thing. Um, yeah. I mean, hey, speaking of people who added to the bracket late, <laughs> there's another Falco from SoCal we could probably talk about at some point soon. But, uh, but yeah, I think BZ is going to be my pick for someone who can do well here. Uh, if you're going to talk about people who can maybe not like, um, hidden bosses, but people who could outplace their seed, Triff is going. Triff is always a good pick for someone who can outplace their seed. And, uh, he's going to be playing Josh Man if the seeding holds up. And that is just, like, two players who we really don't get to see too often right now. Um, I know Triff is trying to travel more, and this is Josh Man's first ca- uh, Canadian tournament. First tournament as a Canadian, I guess. Yes, yeah, I'm like, well, he, wait, he was at Gobble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he was Australian. <laughs> yes, exactly, uh, yeah. But uh, I, I think that that could be interesting just because we haven't seen uh, him in a while. So, yeah, I, I think whoever wins that honestly has a pretty good chance to, to move far, far through the bracket because both of them just, like, well, I mean, the winner has to play JMook, but after that, <laughs> losers I think could do well. Um, what do you? Yeah, what do you think, Radar? You're the uh, you know, resident Canadian here. Every time we have a, a Battle of BC episode, we got to call you on. So I think you might be kind of in touch with the um, sort of the some of the lower end players here. Who do you think might do well? I mean, I I wish I was more in touch than I am. I I know like last year it feels like such a cliche because I say Elliot every year, but like Elliot did well last year. He did quite well. And I think the thing about Elliot, just having talked with him, is that, like, um, like I believe he just barely lost to Moki as someone who watched that set. Like, it was, like, game five, last stock kind of situation, um, and still placed within, like, I want to say for sure top 32, but maybe, like, top 16. So he, he had, like, a g- good result there. Now, Elliot, having talked with him, he's kind of just, like, not that interested in traveling right now. But he plays a lot, or was playing a lot, like, let's just say, like, five months ago when I talked to him. So, and he was said he was very, very interested in becoming the best in BC. And now we have Amsa living here. So I still think he has like, he still kind of has a fire in him. He just doesn't want to be on a plane all the time. And like, that's relatable. You know, we see Plup with the same kind of mindset. So I think um, Elliot could do really well. I've always been impressed with Polo's play. I think uh, Polo is a Falcon, uh, just a solid player. I think kind of approaches the... The game in an interesting way so those are probably the two that kind of stand out to me but i think in general bc has like a fair amount of capable players i also think even though uh Sunsei is not from bc and of course like not an like an underestimated player we all know Sunsei, 
seems they had a really good performance at the previous Battle of BC. This is a tournament that is not a significant amount of traveling for him, you know, living in Alberta. Um, and I, I would imagine that he's kind of hoping to kind of answer back even stronger, make top eight again. So that's someone who I could see outplacing his seed, which is 12th right now. So, and fiction is coming. He just got added late. So yeah, it just wasn't an updated seeding list. Wait, hello? Hey, I can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Uh, Sorry, I was getting all my curses out of the way. <laughs> Just to make sure they don't go live on air. No, I, I think that uh, those are all great answers. BC's got a lot of hitters. I think Elliot's a great one. You know, you've got like Polo, Amrak, like that. I mean, even like Espy, right? If you want to go back to kind of the old school. Um, I mean, not old school. What pre-pandemic? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that BC BC always is a, a region that um, I think has a lot of players that people really underrate. So I, I think that all those picks are are good and i think yeah, hey I, there's no reason for me to say like elliot or since there any one of those um won't do well because they all just always seem to to outplace uh expectations what do you what do you think edwin um who's your pick here as someone to maybe watch out for oh god i, I really want to talk about the the top level <laughs> super badly because oh my I god think pick that... one person and don't say anything about them just say one tag uh, does it okay okay sorry let me ask one last question can i pick a top eight seed or do i or do i have no. to pick uh, <laughs> just say just say you think quang will do well yeah let's go with quang yeah i, I got cool. a good feeling about him um perfect now say his actual tag uh cynical master no <laughs> you'll get it right one day we'll figure out the pronunciation um Okay, let's talk about, <laughs> since you're so raring to go, let's talk about the top eight seeds. Because as we talked about before, this is an event that has one of the strongest, you know, cast of players uh, in, th in the top level that we've seen all year. Um, you know, this is an event that rivals the likes of Genesis, uh, Collision, you know, those types of events. And will probably be pretty important to any future storyline we have, right? We're not going to see an event this big until i mean fuck tip off might be is getting there but uh but like to the likes of gommel um in a, in a couple months in july so yeah let's let's talk about this because this is going to be the thing that it you know it, it might be um jmook's path to be number one in the summer or this might be the return of zane this might be the one that hbox wins i think there's a hey this might be moki's first right i i think there's a ton of amazing storylines here uh, what, why don't you get into it? What what really piques your interest here? So, I can only check this since 2013 because there are official SSBM rank seasons for, for these, right? But from what I have found out, no player has ever began a full ranking year with three consecutive major victories at tournaments they've gone to. Crazy stat, considering we've seen Armada win seven majors in a row, We've seen HBox go on tears. We've seen we've seen Armada go on another tear that that was slightly less dominant than that. But no one has ever began a ranking period winning all three events they went to. Not in, in the you know at the start of the year. That's not Armada, not HBox, not Mango, not PP, nobody. The first three events that they went to in a given year. So I think JMook is in a very interesting spot where he could where he could 
conceivably win a third consecutive major and actually accomplish a very specific and more weirdly like kind of more weirdly rare thing than you might you might anticipate so i think uh his bracket path is is kind of fascinating too i i, I believe like the way things are set up he has like josh man into axe to make top eight which i think is i you know for for jmook he's been so reliable and so consistent but I think if you if you had to pick two opponents that that are capable of, of taking yeah. a set off him or can give him a bit of a challenge, I think Joshman and Axe are, are pretty tough. I think Jmook is favored in both in both those sets. But I think that Joshman took him to game five last year. We've seen um, obviously Axe has beaten Jmook multiple times last year. So this is kind of yeah a little bit of a proving path to mm-hmm. to get to top eight. And if he and if he doesn't play Axe, he has to play Aklo instead. Who uh, obviously not invul not invulnerable versus Sheik and Jmook is a different class of player. He eats up foxes for breakfast. That's that's a harder challenge for Aklo than it is for Jmook. But when we're speaking at the level of potentially winning the first three majors he enters within a year, these are things that are cumulative that do make things more difficult. So I I would like to see him. Uh, I like to see how how he deals with that. And you know, outside of Jmook, I think Moki's in a in an especially interesting spot because if if we're talking about players whose stocks have risen, who who look better than they've ever looked, I think Moki. I if you're talking about prime Moki, I, I think now's got to be it, right? You're, we're talking about someone where there's there's four people at this event within the top eight seeds or so that Moki. You could argue Moki to be favored over. Uh, he he's got some difficult challenges. I I think that if he runs to Jmook Zane or or Mango, unfortunately, I think those are just kind of really... It's not impossible to imagine him taking a set off them, but I just think it's really unlikely the way things are right now. But you, you give him any combination of Amsa, Leffen, Cody Schwab, even Hungrybox, I, I think uh, the way things are trending for Moki, I, I, I really believe a, a major is, is in the cards for him. I'm not saying it's favored or that it's likely to happen, but I think it's a higher possibility now than, it, than it's ever been. I got actually right, hit me. Who's 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 actually winning? Is it Moki? I'll reveal it at the end of the show. Oh my god! So a little diva. I'm just gonna like meme a little bit, but like, is it the Mario? Because I feel like I feel like Moki's been just vibing on stream, playing Mario, doing Maybe. really well with that. Maybe it's like the head clearing game for for Smashers. I mean, we got Josh Man as well. I'm interested to see how both of those guys do uh, after investing all this time uh, moving fast. Will that translate to their Fox? I feel like it will. I'm excited. What do you think, Radar? What What is this top level uh, play looking like? Who do you think is going to end up winning? It's a good question. Um, I am the kind of player that think, or kind of person that thinks that like things like sort of home court advantage and like not being jet lagged actually do matter like a fair amount. And I think Amsa like being from here, not having to travel, uh, having a chance to kind of like. Because, you know, in the past, he's had to, like, move further around. And even even events that he's done since he moved to Canada, you know, he's still having to deal with jet lag and stuff. I think he's, like, not a crazy pick. Um, I would love to see Moki win. Um, so my prediction is probably, I mean, honestly, even Leffen I'm interested in. Be between those three. I'm going to say Amsa. I'm going to say he's going to bring it home for BC. Wow. The uh, recently married? Is that did that happen? Is that a real thing? Mm-hmm. He's getting married, right? I'm saying is he getting married? I don't think he's married yet because he for I like I saw him say something about his girlfriend, so I don't think they're married yet. 
He made a tweet that said he's getting married today. Oh, today. Okay, that's exciting. <laughs> so maybe he'll win his first major as a newly married man. Omps, I think, is a wonderful pick. And I think you're right. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that... that One of the things that goes into uh, majors that we don't really think about that much is the preparation needed. And um, flights, I think, is a huge part of them. And I think the reason why we didn't think about that is because um, our Armada just did it for so long and won't beat everyone. <laughs> so I, I think that we kind of forget how it affects mortals. So I think Omps is a good pick. Um, I'm going to, to harken back to a tournament that I think is one of the best grand finals I've ever seen. I think it's one of the best top eights. I think it's a tournament that everyone here, um, uh, who's seen it has a special place in their heart. And it's a tournament that was won by a guy who took a break from smash and had a bit of a, a rough go of it in terms of results recent, you know, in his recent results and got seated uh, a little lower than he might want to be. And ended up turning that seeding into the perfect path for him to win. I'm, t of course, talking about Mango at the Big House 9. He was a sixth seed there. I believe he beat Wizrobe. And then, you know, I think there was, what, Leffen? He beat Leffen, maybe, or something like that. And ended up beating Zane twice. I forget. Um, maybe it wasn't as great of a tournament as I said, because I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, reminds me of another player here. A player who is seeded a bit lower after taking some time off and... Has a bit of a perfect path. Of course, talking about Mango here. Mango's the 10th seed. Mango has Leffen into Cody Schwab. Two matchups that he ate up last year. Two players who looked like they d didn't have any idea of what to do versus Mango. And then he plays Zane, which I think is a lot harder. And for that reason, I'm going to say J-Mook is winning. <laughs> I think Mango's an interesting pick here, and I'd love to say it, but... I have been uh, interested in what Jamie has been doing since his last one at Collision. You know, he didn't go to major upset. Uh, he hasn't gone to a tournament since, actually, but not that there's been a really huge one. And, you know, if you look at his Twitter, he's been talking about some serious stuff, you know, some, some mental stuff going on, taking some time off. Uh, but if you also look at his Twitter, you just see that this guy cannot miss. And this is not like, like Zane. Remember Zane when he couldn't miss on Twitter and in real life? It always felt so, like full of effort when Zane did it. Um, J-Mook is just saying shit and is the coolest shit ever. Uh, I don't know if you saw. There's some drama going on with Meister, the game watch. Yeah, I J -Mook think if J-Mook ever responded to me like that, I would cry. <laughs> I, would I think you'd leave everything. the scene. <laughs> like, I would reconsider like, everything. Like, he made Meister delete his tweet. And he's just like... It's not only like he was uh, like dunking on Meister. He was just like... Hey, we all have a lot of growth to do. I think you should really reconsider your actions, man. And he, like, said it in, like, the coolest way possible. He, like, literally seems like a guy who can't do anything wrong. And the thing that makes it so annoying is that it really just seems like he is... That is his, like, default. He's not trying. It's so effortless the way that he just, like... Every single thing he does is amazing. I'm sure you've seen the clips of him playing guitar. He's great at it. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the clips of him doing the Andrew Tate impression. I think it was before that was... I don't know if you do that right now. might be a little weird. He was great at it. It was very funny. I still think, like, maybe I'm making this up. I still think that there was something that he said in, like, a post-Summit 13, uh, like the HBox live stream, that implied that he knows how to um, pole dance. I don't know if we've ever seen the end of that. It's like Chekhov's gun. Like, we're eventually going to find out. But he is just someone who, um, time and time again, does the unprecedented, right? You know, he did the unprecedented with uh, Genesis. He won a major at Solo Sheik. He did the well. I mean, he did the unprecedented a year before, where he got to second, and 
as a 20-something seed. Um, and the way that he's been playing recently, yeah. I mean, I think that these people are scary. I think Josh Man could do well. I think Axe is someone who's always going to be scary for JMook just because of the unfamiliarity. Um, if Amsa beats Moki, breaks the recent streak that Moki's had over Amsa, Amsa's given JMook issues, right? This is not – this is – by no means an easy bracket. Uh, and yet, I have just supreme faith in this man to do whatever he wants and do it in the coolest way possible. I'm sure he's going to, like... <laughs> he's going to win with the fucking coolest combo. He's going to do the coolest pop-off. He's going to have the coolest, like, uh, you know, winner's interview. And he's going to have the coolest picture of him with the trophy. And if that's the case, dude might have the coolest number one season because three straight tournaments opening the season... Uh, I don't want to say that anything's an open and shut case, especially when we have, you know, tipped off. We've got Wave Dash. We've got um, Gommel, of course. But I don't know, man. Seems like that might be hard to beat. Now, Edwin, you've been waiting till the end of the show to reveal your true take. One that is so good that you must give it at the end of the show to yeah, let the, everyone know. Yeah, at the end of the show. I, I meant to say the end of the segment. I don't know why I said the end of the show. Yeah, we've got, like... <laughs> We got like 10, 15 more minutes after this, so just go on. What's, yeah. What? Who do you think's winning? We. I think JMook is such a sensible pick. Radar. And I yeah. think. I think Amsa is a is a sensible pick, but less sensible. Dude, than, if you say Leffen, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I, <laughs> that's I gotta the, say that's the though, pick. I, I'm a I'm a sucker for good stories. I'm a sucker for good narratives. Okay, and I think there is something so beautiful about Moki defending, you know, defending Canada and winning his first ever major at Battle of BC 5. I think this tournament where it's it features like California. every single one of the, uh, like, basically every single person who could who could possibly win a major is, is here, right? Like, more, more or less, like, yeah, I guess, I guess Slug's not here, but Slug's not, like, quite in shape. But, like, I think... I think basically every conceivable top level opponent is here. I think, you know, to at a time when the the game is so, when matchups are so kind of volatile and spread out with with everybody beating each other, who, or with, with like certain people who beat each other that then beat other people that typically beat the first group of people. I think having a group of like four or five really good matchups is is quite valuable. And I think just given Moki's trajectory as a player. His increased consistency against the field, also. By the way, I, I, I we shouldn't take that for granted. There was a time period where where Moki, where it looked scary for Moki against people like like Crike, or when when he went up against like a top fifty or top seventy five player, where he would he would fall to losers early and make these deep runs, and then kind of kind of run out of gas and fall a little Shout bit short after. Eggie. Yeah, after making top eight or top sixteen or whatever, and I th- I think the Moki that we're seeing now, like even when he does take those losses, he he takes them on the ch- chin and still makes it really far in bracket where where he's he's losing or he has to lose to guys like Jamuk and Zane, right? And I think I think he's just taken a really big step forward in his matchup spread at the top. I think he's become so much more reliable against some really dangerous uh, players. Where like even when he loses, he still makes his way back and is and is looking his best and putting putting up a fight against people that he previously looked very lost against. And I just think there's something really there's something really inspiring about his story in general. And uh, I just I I want him to win this event. I think he would be a really great champion, and I I could totally see it happening. So I'm gonna make him my pick. Can I ask well, you guys something before you. we he we, wins uh, instead. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that would also be crazy. Before we transition like out of this spot, even though this is not the same as who's winning Battle of BC, if you had to just like name like top four, or top five like melee streamers, like who who would those be? Like just like off the dome, like you're picking like people that you think in terms of like their talent as a streamer, not as a player. Because um, I feel like when you talk about Moki, like one of the things I've just from watching a stream is like. I feel like he's easily the best streamer of the people who aren't like Mango and Hbox basically. They're kind of like these like like could basically completely transition out of melee into full-time streaming and it would be okay. Um, I feel like he's like he would probably be my top three, and I'm curious what you guys would where where you would put him just off the top of your head. Well, I think your YouTube would make you number number two, obviously behind me, me and Wheat at Melee Stats. And then three and four, I can go Mango Hbox. Yeah. And then who's five? And, uh, let's let's Moki. say. Uh, I think Moki's a good pick. He's very I think good. Koopa, you ever Koopa Troop eight nine five? You ever watch him? I don't. I've played Koopa Troop before, but I've never. No, no cam. Every I think it's like every night. Uh, dude, I don't know. He's he's on one. He's a uh, he analyzes anything Marth that's new. He'll be like Zane just streamed, so we're gonna analyze it, and then he goes on, and then he plays on rank or he plays ranked and it's like so clearly different than what he just watched it's insane he's such a like a smart guy he's just like oh, okay so zane does nair there interesting i think that's to catch this and then you watch him play and he's just like upbeat all over the place and like running through people's shield it's uh yeah i watched him play shroom last night and he uh was just about to win game two and um he made like a three-stop comeback to do so, and then he uh, just jumped off and tried to bear and died. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and everyone said he was throwing. He's like, no, dude, I'm not throwing. This is just how I play. I would do that in tournament. So, I like I watching know. Koopa play Lucky on Mango Stream, where Lucky just doesn't say anything for like three minutes, but then gets hit by like tipper, like dash attack, a weak tipper up smash, uh, like uh and then or weak up smash into tipper forward smash then after all that silence lucky just goes what the fuck <laughs> and then seeing the i think the koopa there that that's a great one there's a koopa one where it's just like he does up throw on the dreamland platform and then does a up smash like tech chase and i think up smashes again and then dares off of that up smash or something like that like dude he's uh he's insane i mean He's the, the melee stance player, so of course he'll be. Yeah, but we'll talk about that more when we have a uh, combo breaker app, you know, term where he's at. Um, hey, speaking of, uh, you know, you just gave us a good question, Radar. We've got some questions for you. Um, we've got questions from our Patreon com community. Uh, Edwin, I think you've got one, right? Yeah, so this one comes from Ober, also a Falco player. Uh, Radar, how do the melee community's need for perfection and posting analytical content affect your desire to continue posting melee content so are you saying like the question is the the community is too like nitpicky is that the kind of the idea of, of ober's question that like it is that is that sort of what they're asking like hmm. I don't want to put words necessarily in their mouth, but I do believe yes. I think I think they're hinting at like if there if there's a certain kind of pressure for for technical precision and analytical content that demotivates or makes it difficult to continue producing content like that. 
think for me right now, just like, like that stuff is a factor whenever you're making a YouTube video. It's not a factor that's affecting me making melee content right now. Most of the reason I haven't been doing, doing a bunch of melee content is more like health related. I've talked a bit about this with kind of like having pretty bad, like chronic migraine stuff. So that kind of like is the main reason why I don't make that many YouTube videos. Um, I do think if I were to make a video again, one of the things I would probably try doing now is actually like, uh, play testing isn't the right word, but like having it, like sending it to like pipsqueak and a couple other people and being like, Hey, am I getting anything wrong? So there definitely is like, that is something that you always have to be aware of. And I know like talking with other content creators, like, like Walt and stuff, it can be something to, uh, demotivate you, but like on the flip side, like some stuff like melee people don't know, like it just depends on what you're, what you're covering. Like if you cover something that has to do with like specific game mechanics, like I did a whole video on like how shield pressure stuff works. A lot of pro players don't even know that stuff. So like it, it just, just kind of depends on like what you're, what you're making content about. I would actually expect Oprah would know about it though. Cause having seen Oprah's content before it's, it's quite thorough. I don't know if that, that just like answers the question thoroughly, but it does matter. Good. Not the main reason why I'm not making videos right now. I mean, we're all scared of getting Darwin dinged. I think it, uh, it all comes down to. Well, yeah, like um, that's the thing is I don't, I wouldn't want to be on Twitter uh, having someone kind of criticize me. And I've had people in the patch in the past be like, hey, you got this wrong. And it did, it did make me realize like, oh, I need to do this differently. But I feel like, I personally think like, well, if I get something wrong, like they're right to call me out, especially if it's trying to be educational. So yeah. Well, I think that was a very good answer on what I believe was a very good question. And we're going to go to, um, the opposite of that <laughs> with, uh, with the next question from our, uh, our good friend, Anaconda. So Anaconda asks a bit of a, in a bit of a weirdly worded question, what foods slash dishes where if lime ingredients replace the lemon ingredients would make the food slash dishes worse? And I, I think that the, I also want to ask, this is a wheat addition. I want to ask the inverse. Where are limes better than lemons in dishes? So I think there's uh, a bunch so, of places where limes are better than lemons. Um, I think like a lot of Mexican So you would say they're food. similarly good? No, I would say like in, in like for like most like Mexican food that uses limes, it's usually better. Um, and also like with certain cocktails, uh, it can kind of go either way. Like if you're making like a Moscow Mule, like lime juice is better than lemon juice. Oh, um, so I you think would this... say lemons and limes are probably like, if you were to rate all the fruit, are probably like pretty close, right? It's crazy that we're still doing this bit, but like I would would probably uh still not do that because the thing about limes is like they just get like destroyed in the dessert tier i feel like they also get mm -hmm. destroyed in like certain types of cuisine so um i think like they what? like they they crush it and yeah in like mexican food and certain kind of uh, south american food but then in other food they get they get crushed and i feel like the, the amount of like cooking where they where they just don't uh match do you have an examples lemons. you gave examples of where limes do better but suddenly examples of where lemons do better. Okay, like say like Italian food. I would say a lot of like Japanese food. I would so say like Thai. Um, yeah, Actually, like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Wait a second, you're Thai. No, you're jumping in. Not Thai, like 
Hmm. Like French food, like there's like a lot of other cuisine um, where like lemon is kind of used. And then, yeah, like the entire dessert category, like to me, most most uh, lime-based desserts, like, like I'd rather have like a lemon meringue pie than a key lime pie, like that kind of thing. And I think that that like is not an opinion just held by me. I think like lemon desserts, like you think of like lemon tarts, lemon bars, like there aren't the same kind of people getting hyped. You know, people drink lemonade, not limeade. You get the idea. So they're not. We, the same I got food. a great idea for a startup. Hit me. <laughs> limeade. <laughs> that exists though. You know that exists, right? No, I didn't. Limeade. I genuinely thought you were just doing a bit. No, no, like it's it's a real thing, and people don't drink it as much. That's why it's not as popular. Like, cause limes are whatever. I, I can't I can't right, dignify so... this question with a, that serious of a response. So that's all I'll leave it at. I'm dead serious. Oh, that's kind of rude to Anaconda. He pays, he pays uh, the, so. the price to get to, to ask questions. It's okay. Anaconda already got his W earlier today. <laughs> True. Uh, You'll have Anaconda, to be a patron if you I'm want sorry. To know that. I'm sorry that, 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 that your question was not deemed as serious, but I guess what we can. I still answered this. it pretty seriously, like. Sure. So. No, no, you did. I guess we can take away that just being better in desserts means that they are two whole tiers different. The difference between fox and uh, non-wobbling ice climbers. Okay. No, I won't say anything. Okay. All right. No one's forcing you to say anything. Here's here's one thing that will uh, one of the last things that we'll do on the show, and I do want to hear what you're going to say on this. I'll give you some time to think. Is uh, our unnamed segment, famously known as Touching Grass. Touching Grass is the place where we talk about what's going on in our lives that is not Smash-related. You know, how often do we put ourselves out there in the world and we just talk about Smash? That's kind of how Smashers tend to be. But we're not that. We're more than that. Yeah, as we as we hinted, uh, Edwin and I just had birthdays this weekend. Same day. A year apart. Two Melee greats were born. And hey, a year after me, Pokimane, who probably will figure into the Melee Stats Extended Universe at some point soon. I, I, have, I, I have to imagine, right? <laughs> But uh, so so to, to talk about some of the stuff, yeah, I mean, I, I had a birthday, um, got to see my family. That was really fun. Uh, two of my nieces went to see Taylor Swift, and my other three nieces were super pissed that they didn't go. So there was some, some meltdowns happening. But other than that, I had a very good time. Um, but if I had to talk about the, the thing that I've been doing the most in the past two weeks since our last episode... Um, a birthday is just one day, so I probably wouldn't pick that. Uh, I've been doing something much dumber, much lamer, much nerdier. And uh, something that, that I have focused on a lot um, is kind of how, like, time affects our perception of things. And and usually I, I talk about how it um, changes our perception of culture and, and like, art, <laughs> which uh, is very nerdy. But, but I, I'm fascinated by the idea of... of the views into the past that we have through art and how that was different at the time, right? And how the times that we live in will feel different than the future, right? If you think about the 60s, you probably have a specific set of things. You go the Beatles, uh, fucking Andy Warhol painting. You know, you, you, you've got the list. Um, and it's interesting to think. In the 60s, did they feel that way? Did they think that those were the things? So what I've been doing is I've been going through... Um, and uh, I almost hit 20 straight years. So just the issue is that it was like different publications back then weren't publishing. But I went through almost 20 straight years of best of albums lists for the end of the year. So 
people will publish the list of the 50 best albums of the year. And I kind of aggregated them and did some like weight in terms of like how many people give uh, you know this one top 10, how many people give this one a ranking at all, stuff like that. And I've come up with like, you know, quote unquote canons for each year. So it'll be like, these are the 12 albums that meant the most in 2006 to people who wrote about music. And it's really interesting to see. And it's kind of a cool time capsule for me to go through the albums and be like, oh, dude, I love this album in 2010 or whatever. You know, go through the stuff that I listened to when I was in high school and then, uh, like, basically follow my musical journey through looking at these albums and also just, like, get a good look at what's changed. You know, it's crazy to feel, to think that, like, time isn't that much different, but you look at, like, the things that people liked in 2019 feel kind of different than what they are now. And I love seeing stuff that we talk about now all the time that wasn't talked about at the time. And I think a good example is like uh, the band 100 Gex, I think, is in the cultural uh, zenith. What am I trying to say? Fucking landscape. It's in the cultural landscape a lot. Uh, And it was a band that like no one said was good when they came out. So it's cool to see how time changes our opinions on things. And uh, my long winded thing that I've been doing is, yeah, just basically spending hours and hours kind of compiling old dusty ass lists and uh averaging them out and making fucking little things in photoshop so that is my answer um which i think is probably better than turning 28 (laughs) uh edwin speaking of which i'm not gonna i mean i did basically say how old you are but uh but i won't reveal it i'll I'll let you do so if you want it but uh you uh you had a birthday was that the thing that was going on for you these past weeks or did you have something else yeah, I, I want to talk about that. I had I had a great birthday. Uh, woke woke up in the morning. Uh, you know my 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 spouse gave me gave me my gift. It, it was well, a bunch of say. like. There's one aspect of your birthday I don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, they, we'll get to that. Uh, no. They got me like a bunch of chocolates. Uh, just like a bunch of small things. They got me um, just uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. They got me like a eye repair kit and everything, which they're like a like a glasses repair kit, eye repair kit. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, a glass repair kit. They got me a charger. They got me a bunch of like chocolates, which I which I love. I'm a big fan of chocolates. I went to hang out with my parents. We we had cake. My mom made me like like her like amazing rum cake recipe, which is awesome. And my dad surprised me with game seven tickets to uh, to basketball, where I got to see the superior Boston Celtics. You know what? Uh, shut the, the fuck up, dude! The, I literally the never heard you talk about them. I, actually, I heard you talk about them. You know what I heard you say? I've heard you say that you don't care. I heard you say it's surprising yeah, you how thing. little you care about. So this kind of follows up no, to dude, a point that I want to talk about, Boston which is the fan, fact that Wheat has Boston actually been helping me catch up on basketball again. Uh, so I've been asking him to like catch me on stuff that happened in the league because I haven't been fo- like even when the Celtics were in the finals last year I didn't really follow it very much because I'd fallen out of basketball so it's been really fun kind of like learning about things that happened since like like 2017 or so was the last time I, I really followed the sport but yeah my dad surprised me with game seven tickets we got to we got to see Jason Tatum uh, drop Fucking a nuke on the city of on the, on the, you on and the every, city of every rich asshole in Boston going out there. Yeah, it was every great. Fucking drunk ass Sean in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't tell you how many people Dude, I've seen so come mad. out of the woodworks. I can't tell you're you. So, no, we all like mad. Team... <laughs> Who's team Who's lost, team? dude? I had a better Fuck birthday off. than you. <laughs> what, what can off, I say? Dude. 
I, I can't tell you how many Boston fans I saw come out of the woodworks once you guys won. I was like, literally never heard so many people talk, and then suddenly you guys win, and everyone's like, dude, Boston rocks. Shut the I fuck up. I didn't, I didn't you guys don't anything. go through the pain. <laughs> I have to watch my team fall apart, and guess what? Every single person who I talked to about sports... All, every Philly fan, they were all, they were pieces of shit. They were going, dude. I knew we were gonna lose since last week. We actually, I knew we were gonna lose since 2019. We of course were such weak ass pussy shit. And I hate to use that word, but that's what I saw. Yeah, this is, I saw you're you're so mad that you're referring the, to like you're literally saying things that like my family Mech would say. My, in, my in family and my friends had the worst mindset possible, and it's just in conjunction with assholes like you who literally never talk about the Celtics suddenly talking their shit once they I win. think it's also, also the reason I feel good ben about Simmons doing it now a is because he brought up the Sixers cool. and Joel Embiid on like every other on like every other show. Dude, I'm allowed to do that. I'm punching up. You're punching down. How's, how's this punching up? You don't I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny that the one time I bring up basketball is the time that we happen to win. Like, even when the Sixers lost to the Celtics in the past, I, like, never brought it up. It's only now because it was happening care. on my birthday that I thought it was really funny. I think you it come out of this looking worse than me. you care about them actually winning. I think this is actually a this is actually two zero for other people on the show over you. Between Radar with the super major dunk that he had on a... Yeah, super, super's not a dunk. Super, no, he no he owned you. I don't even think he you got a like. I think me. I think he literally ratioed you twelve to zero. You know think... what? If you care so much about radar, why don't you let him speak? Because that's a good right idea. now he's here. So it's, he's so right now it's two two zero we no. uh, Actually, two zero me how, and radar above you. This is not you also interrupted me in the work. middle of my segment to just rant about the Sixers. Yeah, because I knew you were gonna pull some bullshit. No, dude, it's not bullshit. So radar, Michael. Yeah, Michael. Do you have anything you'd like to say, Michael? Um, yeah. So in terms of stuff I've been doing. Um, no, no. On what we were. No, no, sorry. Go on. Wait, go what? On. I'm confused. Go on. Go on. Keep going, Radar. What were you saying? Um, yeah, in terms of stuff I've been doing, I mean, besides playing Tears of the Kingdom, which has been really, 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 really enjoyable, like genuinely very, very good. That's like a pretty common take, I know, but it really is. It's like worth buying a Switch over, but if you want, there's other ways to play it, of course. Um, but yeah, so that's really good. I've been enjoying that. Um, more broadly speaking, I've been doing a lot of music stuff. Uh, my uh, Spotify hit 6K monthly listeners this month, so I'm pretty excited for that. It's like kind of solid numbers. Um, I mean, it's not as exciting as when Hbox himself said he liked my music, so that was... <laughs> I'm kidding. He did say that, though. So yeah, working on music stuff. I've got some new songs coming out. Uh, not to make this like a plug, but that's just something I've been been doing a lot and really enjoying. It's uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun. So that's that's a big thing. And then yeah, Zelda has been really 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 fun. I literally I literally just beat the boss before we started this episode, so I haven't even grabbed nice. the heart container. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of plugs, let's uh let's transition into that. Where can uh, where can people find you if they want to find your other stuff, your melee work? Yeah, uh, you can find me on youtube.com slash Radar SSBM. Uh, I stream sometimes on Twitch as well, uh, but not so much. Uh, like Also slash Radar SSBM. Twitter is Radar SSBM. The music is Radar Press Record. And uh, I feel like I'm forgetting some core one, but that, that's kind of, that's where people can find me. Um, I do want to still do some more Melee content. It's just, uh, yeah, there's just been a bunch of stuff kind of going on at once. 
So, yeah. Uh, and I believe you have a stream coming up, right? <laughs> For super bad, is that the question you're asking, or? I heard that you and a guest are going to do a, a stream titled Tears of the Kingdom spelled T I E R S and it's going to be kind of a <laughs> like a like a tier list type thing really cozy kind of like cozy tube <laughs> that's not a thing uh real cozy hours i hear you and a friend are going to do some uh, some tiering is that true what's the what's the meme of like the kids they're sitting around in a circle and they're like is Fortnite overrated is that what it is Fortnite. like yeah. do you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah well, that'll be us we'll be sitting on a couch and we'll have it's super bad. Overrated. Yeah, this is super bad. Overrated, and we'll have our arms folded. Look, I'm not gonna say that there's going to be a stream of Edwin and Radar ranking movies of the 2000s, and hey, more maybe. Once you start ranking, can't stop. But it's true. It's true. is there a possibility? I think us doing some kind of content thing was something I was thinking about, just because like, literally like. I know he's gonna be sleeping. Like everyone's gonna be sleeping like on a bed that's just like over there. So, uh, you know, not exactly far from where we do stuff. But maybe that's the content. Maybe it's Edwin sleep cam. Edwin sleep cam. You know, I think I think there's some 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 power there. Put up a tripod. You know, live stream it. Anyway, um, that seems yeah, it seems super cool. Uh, that you two are going to be hanging out. I hope to get some content out of it. And uh, yeah, if I know that we kind of uh, had a lot of talking. Maybe you didn't talk as much as your past episodes, but uh, if, yeah, if anyone liked what Radar was saying, go go follow him and uh, check out the music because I know that people don't really know of you as a musician. And I think that if you're looking for lo-fi, there's no reason why they shouldn't be. So check that out. Jukebox approved, uh, right? Like... <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that. I don't know. Our fans might not view that as a positive. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, something that has been not HBox approved, but not HBox disapproved. We're just kind of in that Schrodinger's HBox right now. Um, you can follow us. You can follow our content. We uh, we go live at twitch.tv slash Melee Stats. Right? Oh, my God. I forgot. We're Melee Stats, not Melee yes, Stats we, pause, yes, right? Dude, we got to fucking do that. We're Melee Stats on twitch you can watch our episodes live they go on to the melee stats archive after they air melee stats youtube is where our long form content lives you can find us on twitter at melee stats pod which is different than melee stats what are we doing melee stats pod we post um weekly uh or daily results we post weekly articles on melee stats.co and hey we post twitter announcements about the players that we send to majors i don't know if anyone uh, was paying attention but you would have seen that we uh, announced Koopa Troopa at Koopa Troopa 895 going to some events later in this in the summer and um, we have an announcement this week if you are listening to this after the episode airs the announcement's probably out so you can check it out over there and uh, MeleeStats.co is where we're going to have our articles such as Monday Morning Marth and Wednes Melee if you love everything that we do and you just want to support us in the best way possible patreon.com slash MeleeStats thank you so much for watching we will be back next week to talk about all the stuff that happened at Battle of BC Look forward to Combo Breaker and uh, talk about probably Fresh Cut again. I don't know. We, we love to do that now. <laughs> but uh, but we'll be back to talk about that then. So thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks, everyone, for being on. And I think we can all agree, fuck the Boston Celtics. All right, everyone. <laughs> Let's Peace. go, Boston.